Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thursday morning, February the 20th in 2020 on When I Rise. So it's 2 20 2020. Man, there's a lot of twos today. If two is your lucky number, today is your day. So on Thursdays in the week, we tend to take the New Testament text of the week. And so here in year A in the Transfiguration Sunday, we're going to be in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 16 through 21, where Peter talks about his experience with Jesus at that transfiguration moment. So I'm going to read that passage and provide a couple points of reflection, and then we'll spend some time praying along its general theme this morning. Thanks for making this party morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 16 through 21. For we do not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable and you will do well to pay attention to it, as to a light shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things, for prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by God's Holy Spirit. This is the word of God for us. provide a couple points of reflection as we meditate on the passage this morning. It must have been an odd, in a, to be in an odd place to be one of the first eyewitnesses of all of these wonderful stories of Jesus. Uh, I heard a saying once which said, the first person to see a flying fish saw a miracle. The first one to try to explain it was probably called a liar, right? Because some of this stuff that the early church was saying about Jesus was mind-blowing. And you could imagine the burden of proof that rested upon their shoulders and also the incredibly tenuous task of being disciples of Christ even when uh, you're in a place of vulnerability, of weakness, and of a minority. But they just knew that Jesus was a man attested by God because of all the things that he said and did. So there's these moments where I imagine along the journey that the early witnesses of Jesus Christ had a decision to make. Are we going to hide in darkness and be away from scrutiny, or are we going to own our story? And so that's what I love about this passage from Peter, from 2 Peter. And we know Peter is the author, or perhaps he's dictating this book uh, through a writer so that he could tell his story. And he's talking about... um, the arrival of Christ and all that it means, ramifications of Jesus being the resurrected Christ and his imminent return. And he wants to own his story here. Uh, He says that we saw with our own eyes. We saw that this is no ordinary prophet from Nazareth, uh, no ordinary rabbi from Nazareth, Jesus. No, this is the one whom the glorious one rested upon. We were there when the Father's voice came to Jesus, the majestic glory and how he, um, how God the Father's voice affirmed Jesus as 
the sun and this has all this all these alarms have been going off as we talked about a couple days ago from Psalm chapter 2 that when God ascribes someone as his son it means he's the Messiah of Israel and the Lord's and the world's one Lord and so here you have Peter owning his story he owns the experience in the first few verses then he owns the role of the prophetic messenger in their faith system of verses 19 through 21 and he says that whenever a prophet speaks and if it's a true prophet they don't speak on their own account they don't interpret by their own ingenuity or their own pedigree but they are inspired again and again by God's Holy Spirit and so Peter's saying this like some other things might be up for grabs but this is a hill that we're gonna die on we were there when Jesus was transfigured before our eyes and we heard the voice of the Father and this this experience on the mountain was something that seemed to conf- bring everything else that's been spoken of by prophets into a confirmation. It brings it all into a clear picture about who Jesus is and what it means and what it means for the rest of the world around us. I think this is a powerful moment. It's an empowering moment when we can own our story. I think sometimes it's difficult to own our stories when the majority of the crowd around us doesn't own our story. It's becoming more and more apparent that less and less people are showing up to church and own, are owning this story. And so I want us as God's people to take a moment to come before God and to ask God to give us strength to own our story so that when we're pushed back out into public that we're not awkward or weird about it. We don't feel strange about our faith, but we can own it because God has done something to us. The reason we are a Christian is because Christ has transformed us. So let's own it today. And let's own it with gusto. Let's own it with zest and allow God to do great and unusual things through our lives because we are willing to be counted among those who are of the people of God. So let's spend some time asking God for strength to own our faith story today. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you that you saw fit in your story to include us into the family of God. And Lord, you know us, you know our frame, you know our struggles, you know our weaknesses, you know the ways in which we excel in our faith and other ways in which we struggle. And God, we just are honest with you this morning. We struggle at times to be witnesses. Um, We struggle to put the pieces together of the big, bold beliefs of what it means to be a Christian and what it means for our actions and what it means for our mood and our temperaments and our posture. And so, God, we at times struggle to live fully into this story. And God, we're tempted at times to hide it. We're tempted at times to save face and to not raise our voice and to not make decisions in the way in which would honor you because it would be easier for our lives and for our friendships and for maybe even our workplaces and our schools to not live for Christ. And so, God, this day, we ask for your forgiveness. And we know that we don't come... Um, guilt-ridden as we come to you today, but we know that your grace is free to us and you separate our sins as far as the east is from the west. So God, we come to you and we ask for strength. God, we want to be witnesses. We want to be those who testify to all the goodness of God. We want to own our stories to its fullest. And So God, in those areas in which we struggle, we pray for your grace today. We ask that you would empower us, that you would allow us to fall in love with Jesus in a deeper way today so that when it comes to representing Christ out in public, that it comes from a place of love, not just from a place of duty or obligation. So God, allow us to love you more. It takes you to love you. We can love you because you first loved us. And so God, this day we pray that you would allow us to love you more and allow your love to pour into our hearts and out to others 
so that others might know the great love that we have found in Jesus Christ. So God, be with us today. Help us to own our stories and allow the world to be transformed around us because of it. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.